So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having a fantastic day. And if you can hear a little bit of energy in my voice, it's because I'm having a pretty good day. Um, I've I've been keeping you guys updated a little bit. My wife and I have moved back from Jamaica. We live in Canada again. We are property owners, and our property has been rented out while we've been living in Jamaica. And there were a couple complications that we ran into with our tenant arrangement and and with our return and quarantining and some of that stuff. So we don't have our house yet. So we've been kind of bumming around a little bit, just bouncing from one place to the next. And uh, we'll get our house back in a couple of weeks. But I'm living with my parents. Uh, my wife and I are both living with our uh, my parents here. And I'm I'm recording this podcast episode in my adolescent bedroom. This is the room I grew up in. And guys, I can I can literally I could show you like if this was a video podcast, I could point to the spot on the floor where I I still remember I had one one day when I was struggling with porn addiction, and um my my desk was was at one end of the room, my bed was in the other, and it's actually it's funny I'm 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 just realizing it's actually the same desk that my laptop's sitting on right now and this mic, um, and my my laptop was there a different laptop at the time obviously this is like ten twelve years ago, uh, maybe longer. But um, that was the laptop where I would, you know, typically watch porn and I would I would slip up. And I, I remember having one particular day where <clears throat> it was business as usual. And it was actually a Sunday. And statistically speaking, Sundays have been the most frequently viewed times of pornography for, you know, whatever reason. And it was a Sunday. And I remember I was sitting down at my laptop just about to go through the motions, knowing I shouldn't in that kind of mental mental back and forth of like, this is wrong, Sathya, you can do something else. But the temptation was so strong and I just had this history of giving in in moments like this. And I, I said a little prayer. I still remember just having the thought of like, oh, I can invite God into this moment. I said a little prayer and it was just the, the jolt I needed psychologically to get out of that regular train of thought. And I got up out of my chair, I walked out of the door and I went upstairs and I remember thinking, oh, that's what it feels like to be in control. That's what it feels like to be powerful. And it, it was just a taste. It, it wasn't like that was my last relapse and, and, you know, the rest is history. There was work to be done still. But that was the first time I remember actually getting taste, a taste rather, of having control over the issue. And it is eventually what led to, you know, me having my last relapse and six years of freedom. And it's just this crazy full circle moment that I get to share with you guys. And it's really cool being here in this room where I grew and I learned and I binged and I purged and I did everything in here, all the good things, all the bad things as an adolescent, as a young 20-year-old. And I lived here until I was 23, I think, and still struggled with porn for a few more years after that, but but really had some, some big breakthroughs here and some major formative moments. So it's cool coming to you guys from this place. I'm, I'm going to be recording here for probably another week or two until we get our house back. 
And what I wanted to talk about today is very much aligned with the story I just shared with you. Um, It's about how we respond to our mistakes. And um, it's funny because I, when I think about it, I didn't even have this plan, but when I'm thinking about it, um, I, I was notorious for the binge purge cycle. So I would, I would go for a week or two weeks and it was so, uh, I don't know, deceptive. It was so deceptive because when you struggle daily, right, which was the case for me at a certain point in my life, when you're watching porn daily and you know you shouldn't be and you want to get free one day, but you're not really doing the stuff that gets you free. In the back of your head, you just think, man, if I could even go a week, how incredible would that be, right? And I remember when I started to go a week or two weeks, it gave me this false sense of confidence or progress, kind of this idea of like, oh, perfect, I'm good. I went from daily to weekly and um, eventually it'll be weekly to monthly and, you know, it should just take care of itself. But I wasn't, I wasn't actually doing any work. I was just kind of mustering up more willpower. I was more concentrated on the issue at hand and trying to remove it from my life. But usually it led me back to these awful binges, you know, once a week, every couple weeks, whatever it would be. So um, there's a bathroom in the basement here. It's like a kind of a walk to the other corner of the of the basement. It's not a huge space. But I would, you know, I'd watch porn in this room. I would go to the bathroom. I would do my thing. I would masturbate and finish finish off there. And usually in that walk from the bathroom back to my bedroom, where I would, because I would come back to my bedroom and I would clear my browser history and, you know, kind of whatever, just sort of like clear the, the tracks, so to speak, is usually when I would do my purging and I would say, oh my gosh, God, I've made a huge mistake. And I'm sorry, I didn't finish that thought. In the walk, in the walk from the bathroom back to the bedroom, I would feel this conviction and this sense of like, what have I done? I've made a mistake. And I'd I'd get into the bedroom and I would go on my knees and I would pray and I would say, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, you know, as awful as the binge purge cycle is, as unproductive as that kind of cyclical behavior can be, there is an underlying concept that really served me well in the recovery journey that was at play in those binge purge cycle moments. And the concept is coming to your dad when you've messed up. Now, I don't know about you, but for me as a kid growing up, when I messed up, my first instinct was to cover it up. I I just did not have the wherewithal, the mental fortitude, the maturity, call it whatever you want. But on my end, I didn't have what it took to necessarily come clean right away. Now, I wasn't some like super sneaky, deceptive kind of kid. I would I would come clean or, you know, or maybe I would lie about small things that turned out to be insignificant. Um, but I, I rarely thought, oh my gosh, I made a huge mistake. I need to go tell my dad. Now, there were exceptions. So one time, um, my, my brother and I, I was probably nine years old, eight years old, and my brother was a few years younger than me, so he would have been five or six. And we were outside playing, and there was a, a kid across the street. His name was Jonathan Russell. And he was a, a bit of a rougher kid, had a rough upbringing, grew up in some rougher neighborhoods. And, you know, we, we got along and we would, I don't know, play on our bikes. And I, ha- I don't even remember what we did. But we would hang out a lot because he was a kid our age across the street. But he was just cut from a very different cloth. And he was swearing one day. You know, he's like seven or eight years old. I think he was younger than me, older than my brother. And I, 
I had been taught that you don't swear. Swearing is bad. And that if people use that kind of language, you are to either ignore them or ask them to stop. And I actually, you know, I went by the book. And so I was like, hey, man, um, can you please stop? And he was like, oh, stop what? Stop saying this? You mean stop saying that? You know, and he just kept swearing. And I was like, hey, you know, if, if you keep doing that, we're going to go play somewhere else. <laughs> like just hilarious, like playground tactics right here. Um, and uh, and he just kind of kept going. So I was like, okay, let's go, Jaya. Jaya's my brother. I was like, let's go. And, um, and so we got up and we went, he was like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I was like, sorry, man. Like you had your chance. And you know, I just kind of like held my ground and I went back into the house and my dad was like, oh, what happened? I thought you were playing with Jonathan. And we were like, oh, um, you know, he was swearing and we asked him to stop and he wouldn't stop. So we decided to come in and he kind of just looked at us like, what? <laughs> like, who are you guys? What are you talking about? Really? And we were like, yeah, he was like, wow, I'm so proud of you. You know, he was like, he was just so impressed. And I, I'm using that story, I think, to just say that it's not that my dad was some big, scary person. He was like, he was just a big supporter of us. But I think we always have this instinct of like, we don't want to get caught, right? And you have to forgive the childhood stories. I'm obviously nostalgic being in my adolescent room here. Um, but, you know, I, I think this this kind of concept, whether you, you get it in your childhood or not, you know, maybe, your maybe you did try talking to your dad about stuff um, or you would come clean about mistakes and you'd just be ridiculed and ostracized and the pain wasn't worth it and you just decided okay screw that I'm not going to do it anymore um the reality is you and I both have a dad who is there for us and that response of I messed up I need to go talk to my dad has now become second nature for me you know when I mess up with Shaloma like I we get into a fight I say something I shouldn't say um or whatever I'm like oh, I need to go talk to God and I think the I don't know, Sathya 10 years ago, you know, 21-year-old Sathya would have been maybe doing that occasionally, but with fear and trembling and a lot of resistance because who really wants to come to a perfect authority figure when you've made a mistake, big or small, but especially the big ones that you really feel the the shame about. And so for me, that was the case. It was just like, yeah, why would I, I, I know I, I need to come to God and at the same time, it's the last thing I want to do. But you know, if you are maybe in this habit, like you're in the binge purge cycle and you catch yourself after you slip up, often coming to God and, and apologizing and repenting and wanting to make things right, um, there's better solutions out there. Like you, you're in a cycle and you're going to need to do some really different things to break that cycle. That stands as truth. But let's not abandon the fact that in your mistakes, you're running to God. That's actually a beautiful thing. And it, it does show that there's a layer of shame that has been stripped away from the issue. More layers to come off still. But it's really, really cool um, to, to kind of have that process. And so for me, obviously, I've gotten free of porn. I had to do, like I said, some pretty radical work in my heart to reach this place of health and six and a half years of freedom. But... Um, the fact that I had gone into the habit of coming to God when things were tough really served me well because as I've shared on this podcast before, I have gone through some hard seasons and um, one particular season where the temptation to go back to pornography was strong and I fought and I went to God and it was a lot easier. And, um, and so if you're doing that already, I want to encourage you, you're on the right track. Don't stay in that cycle though. Um, I'll talk a little bit at the end about some things you can do to break that cycle. But secondly, 
if maybe the idea of coming to God is scary for you, you're like, no, 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 no. God is the angry dude in the sky. He's judging my every move. He's just going to criticize me, critique me, condemn me. He's going to correct me. Um, he's not going to have any compassion or empathy. He's not going to understand. No, sorry, I'm not going to that God. I want to let you know I'm not going to that God either. That's not the God I serve. It's not the God I go to. Uh, I approach a God who is compassionate. As Hebrew says, a, a God who is able to actually sympathize with us in every way uh, because he was tempted in every way. Um, we serve a God who is rich in love and slow to anger. That's straight out of the scriptures. That's not like this new Sathya translation. That is, that is authentic scripture, rich in love, slow to anger. A God who is rich in compassion, merciful, graceful. Um, he is the best person you could encounter or talk to in a difficulty. And it, it's so easy to come to him when things are well, when we have nothing to hide, nothing to be ashamed about. But the reality is you don't know how good God is and how loved you really are until you experience God in a difficulty, in the place of shame. It's not that, that we dig ourselves out of shame, find a place of health and secure identity, and then we encounter God and then we engage with God. It's that in our place of shame and destitution, God meets us, he encounters us, and he develops us or, or moves us to that place of secure identity. And I just want to invite you into that. The, the invitation is there again today, my friend. I want you to just listen up. God is here. God is on your side. And he is not looking for perfect you. He is not looking for somebody who has all the answers and has it all together. He doesn't care if you slipped 20 minutes ago before you turned this podcast on. All he is looking for is you. That's all he wants. And your behavior and your thoughts and your decision making has no impact on his choice. He has chosen you and you can't change his mind even if you wanted to. So if you've messed up, Talk to your dad. Invite him in. Keep talking to him. He is a perfect father who loves you unconditionally and is able to fill that role in your life in a way that only he can. Much love to you guys. Thank you for listening. If you're struggling, okay, if, if you're like, Sathya, I, I'm hearing you. I'm going to God, but I need more help. I need I need someone who is going to guide me through a process, who's going to help me get to the root issues, who's going to help me break out of the binge purge cycle, then I want you to get your hands on The Last Relapse. That's my best-selling book. It's my blueprint for recovery, and it is literally about one thing, and that is resolving the root issues of porn addiction. And this has helped hundreds of guys get free already. We get comments all the time now coming in about people whose lives are being radically changed by this. They can't believe that they can get it for free. And I'm actually building something out right now so that you guys can get a free like physical copy of the book. Um, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, you can get a digital download at the last relapsebook.com. And I guarantee you, if you read this book all the way through, if you apply what I teach you, like you actually apply it and you implement it for 30 days, you will notice dramatic changes to your life. So I want to thank you guys for listening. It's the last relapsebook.com if you want a copy of that blueprint. And I wish you an incredible day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. 
It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.